and welcome back to another episode of CareCast. I'm Ashley. I'm Maddie. And I'm Tony. Today's episode is dedicated to Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but first I do want to provide a trigger warning because the topics we will be discussing today can be potentially triggering to some. I would like to provide some resources, which are our Campus Advocate, which you can call or text at 209-386-2051, and the Valley Crisis Center, which is the 24-7 hotline at 209-722-4357. Thank you, Ashley, again for introducing us. Uh, and as you mentioned, in honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, otherwise known as DVAM, we are going to go over uh, the different types of violence that we provide education on. And first, I want to start us off really quick. Um, starting off, we're going to start off with physical, which is um, causing any type of uh, physical injury towards another person intentionally. This could be like punching, kicking, um, pushing. I think also just like being like in front of someone and just showing like how threatening someone is, like being in like someone's space, like intimidation. I feel like that that's not when we talk about too much, but I think it could also be like physical abuse when someone's like really in your space and stuff. Yeah, especially if they're like of a bigger like stature. Um, I know like kind of like towering over someone or like you know that kind of situation like using like your body size as like a means to intimidate or make someone afraid definitely falls into that category yeah um on that note um we can also define emotional abuse real quick um so emotional abuse is basically a way to control another person by using like emotions to criticize um embarrass shame blame um, or ultimately, like, manipulate another person. Um, and emotional abuse, um, unfortunately, takes place really often uh, in these kinds of abusive relationships. Um, and so we just wanted to highlight, like, some examples of what that looks like. So when we talk about emotional abuse, like, what comes to mind for y'all? Um, name calling. Like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, calling yeah. someone, like, ugly or, like, I feel like one that I hear a lot is, like, you've gained so much weight, like, mm-hmm. you know like, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The way they were. I would say um, embarrassing them, yeah. like in in, in, in like public, in public, or in front of like close friends, or like 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 taking it as like pointing it as like a joke, a joke, but it's like not. Oh, you know it's not. Yeah, you no, know it's not. You know they're like specifically targeting certain insecurities, maybe or literally anything of like a person. I would say yeah, embarrassment. Gaslighting maybe too. Oh yeah, gaslighting is a huge one. Well, not so. maybe, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, gaslighting is, I don't have like a, a textbook definition pulled up, but gaslighting is essentially when someone, um, makes like their partner out to feel like crazy or as as if like these things like aren't happening to them. Um, so like just an example, um, so as Tony was just talking about like physical abuse, so say like one partner, um, has been physically abusing their other partner, um, and that partner, you know, brings it up or asks questions like, why do you do this? Um, and that part that partner who's physically abusive might say like, oh, what do you mean? Like, I don't do that. Or that never happened. Um, or things like that to make the other partner feel as if, um, that never happened, um, or it's not true. Um, and also like make them question like what really is true and like their reality in general. Mm-hmm. I think it even happens like in smaller ways. Um, I was talking about like a potential workshop that we're thinking of doing was with Tangled and how like there's a lot of gaslighting in it where she's like, you're so naive. Like that's that's not how the world is. Like you're going to be taken advantage of. Like that's not true. Yeah, Mother Gothel. And then like Rapunzel's kind of like, oh, I guess I am. Like, I I guess I don't know anything. Like, yeah, she believes it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely making someone question their sanity. Like I feel like it doesn't always have to do with abuse. It just can be simple like. I'm going to go out and they're like, 
no, you don't want to go out. And they're like, well, maybe I don't want to go out. Yeah. But it's really just the partner being like, no. Mm-hmm. Like kind of controlling mm-hmm. how they think. Agreed. Or even like, because I'm thinking about like my personal experiences with DV. Um, or like the way that like my mother's and like my stepdad's relationship worked, but I know that he was very strategic with the things that like he picked at, um, with my mom, like to basically, um, like minimize her self-esteem. Right. So like, um, maybe my mom was like wanting to seek like another job or like, you know, like a new job opportunity or, um, like hang out with friends. Like it kind of like Ashley said, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like, um, like, why would you want to do that? Like, are you sure that you want to do that? Like, like these kinds of questions that like plant the seed in your head that like make almost like a seed of doubt. Like, Oh, yeah. do I, right. Like, do I, do I want to do this? Or maybe I don't. Or like, yeah. is that a better, or he would be like, Oh, like, do you think that's something that would like be good for you? Or like, do you think you're qualified for that? Um, you like, yes right. Like things like that, right. That without like, so directly saying like, mm, I don't think that you're qualified or I don't think that would be good for you, but you know, like you can read between the lines. Mm-hmm. No, that's not me. No, I feel like that when you talked about jobs, um, that also made me think of like financial abuse, um, which I think not a lot of us think about um, when we think of domestic violence. Um, but it's like a definition is controlling the victim's ability to acquire, use, and maintain financial resources. Um, and just like the the reason why it's so important that we talk about it and we have more awareness around this is because it's if most, if not all um domestic violence relationship like where this is seen in like relationships because um it kind of controls resources where they can't leave a relationship if they have no money like how are you gonna go anywhere if you have no money like if you don't have a car you don't have a job um and the way they they i feel like people start doing this it's like really subtle um it might be like hey like i know you're under a lot of stress right now so why don't you just like let me take care of the finances and then I'll give you, like, some money each week to, like, get you through the week and take care of whatever you need. But, like, it starts out gradually where they, like, might start giving someone, like, less and less money. Um, but I some that I've seen, too, is, like, when they're, like, forbidding someone from working or, like, even sabotaging their work, like, making a scene at their work so they get fired or, like, sabotaging, like, them getting higher up, like getting a better job in the company or wherever they are and be like, no, like, like you were saying, like, um, they're like, I think I can do this, like a management position maybe. And they're like, right. are you sure? Like that kind of sabotaging, I feel like also would go under financial abuse because they're not letting them get more money totally to be able to leave that situation. Mm-hmm. And then one I've seen like within my family and I didn't even realize it was financial abuse until I started doing some like research for this was kind of forcing someone to write bad checks for the bank. Um, because I know someone in like my family who, they tell their like wife like hey just just go do this because we need some money but it's all under her name it's not under his name it's all under her name so she can't get another bank account from that place or she can't even go to that because she's cash like a couple fraud checks because of him because he said you know we need the money and you need to go do this and so she's like okay like i guess i'll go uh so she faces the consequences and he's not gonna face any unfortunately um Unless I don't really know what she could do, but I feel like that happens a lot where they force them um, to do that. But it's just really sad, like the the fact that this isn't all of them. And I feel like it's not really spoken about um, because people can't leave unless they have money. Like if you have no money, how are you going to get on the bus? How are you going to leave? Where are you going to stay? Like, mm-hmm. for sure. I also think about um, kind of like uh, status um, and how that like is easily contributed uh, to like a b- different forms of abuse. 
Um, so I know like up here in the Central Valley, like there's a really high population of undocumented immigrants. Um, and so like, as Ashley mentioned, like with doing research and like thinking about like the intersections of people's identities, like why it's so important to like look at all of these different things and how like all of these different identities contribute to one's vulnerability to violence. Because if someone's undocumented, like that can easily be used as like a tool to like um, hold like control over them, right? So say someone is being abusive and um, you know, they're in that situation and the, and the partner who's receiving the abuse um, doesn't have documentation. Uh, that's something that's really easily like waved around like, oh, well, like if you don't do this, then I'm I, like, I think about like the check example, like if you don't go do this, then, you know, like oh, I'm going to call so and so and like get you in trouble or I can get you deported. Right. There's like that power mm-hmm. almost that like is really, really it, like that power dynamic, I think, plays such a huge role. Um, in these different forms of abuse. And then like, um, if you are undocumented, you don't have access to different resources, right? Like you don't have health insurance. So like if someone is physically abusing you, like what do you do, right? Like, and you don't have the means to go to the hospital and go pay like these insanely high medical bills um, to get that kind of help. Or you don't have, right? Like maybe English isn't your first language. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you can't necessarily hop online and, and go like find like resources readily available for someone who doesn't speak English. You know, like I just think about like all these different things. Um, but yeah, as, actually, as you were talking, like that's one that came to mind too. No, I think also if we talk about like intersectionality, it's there's like countless things where people use their status or whatever it may be. Like if someone's out and one isn't, I feel like that that's too? also one where someone can threaten, like, well, yeah, I'm gonna out you to your family. Yeah. Um, or like to all your friends mm-hmm. overall, just outing them overall, like. Speaking on those topics, um, how have you seen it portrayed or romanticized in media, like in movies or shows or reality, you know, anywhere? Like how how do you see like DV portrayed most of the time? Because I know for fact, like for me, I think my I think the first time I saw it was um, which is a little more like I guess weird because it was not not like human beings, but it was still being portrayed. It was in a Chicks Bride. Um, the dolls, you know, Chucky and Tiffany. Oh, okay. And I've never seen it before. Me either. It's such an interesting concept because the first movie was cool. It was alright. I don't know. And then they just kind of bring in like this domesticated bird. Like it's weird. I was like, okay. Like you have Tiffany, who was like in a past life was his like girlfriend, but like even then, like she knew he was a serial killer, and then like she brought him back through a doll mm-hmm. and I don't I, you know like it was, it was interesting I was like okay and then there's like Chucky Seed which is basically they have a kid and I, that was weird in itself too I was like okay what um but in in the film with Tiffany um their relationship is very much like I would say abusive and toxic and just very I I don't know like it very much feels like this like traditional like domesticated life where I don't know like did, but he would always be like like Tim you need to clean the dishes like why aren't you like what would Martha Stewart say like that's a popular audio now on TikTok where it's like oh what would Martha Stewart say and she says like you know screw on it Martha Stewart like I cook for a man that doesn't do anything doesn't even make me happy and like all this stuff and he's always just kind of pushing her aside like it doesn't even there's like no affection between them Mm -hmm. and yet they're in this relationship and it's like in all types of things it's physical abuse it's emotional 
it's just intense, but it's like portrayed kind of like, I guess ironically, because it's two dolls, you know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like not the level, I guess. I don't know. But when I saw it, I was like, that's interesting. And I think at some point she's had enough and she ends up like throwing dishes at him and like they break and everything. And that was like a prime example, I think, of their relationship, like being sparked up, um, like in a negative sense. Um but yeah, like based off of that, that's how they like portray their relationship together. Um, yeah, I don't know. What about you? I personally love the Harley Quinn show on HBO. Um, it's wonderful. If any of y'all haven't watched it, um, but I think it, I really like the way it portrays like um, Harley Quinn's like leaving that relationship and how like. Um, people like always ask her like oh are you done with him for real this time and the reason I'm bringing this up is I feel like a lot of times and myself when I was younger too like I'd be like well why don't they just leave that relationship like it's so bad like why why can't they just like leave Mm -hmm. um and it's taking like realizing like this work and then just being around people who have been in these situations like it's not actually that easy like we were talking about financial abuse and I feel like it shows a lot in Harley Quinn where um like the Joker was like she was living with him like he was her everything and then like when she moved out she moved in with her friend um poison ivy and she was staying there you know and then like i feel like poison ivy like really helped her in a lot of things where like the joker would be like yeah i think there's one scene where he's like yeah i'm gonna get you out of prison um because like i think batman captures her like i think like the joker actually like throws her to him or like hands her the bomb and then like he escapes and so, like, the Batman actually has to save her mm-hmm. um, and then, like, takes her to Arkham. And then he's like, I'll come back for you. And then in the show, I, I, I feel like it's, like, the first season, um, she, like, waits for him. She's like, he's coming for me. Yeah. And I forget the name she has for him, the nickname, like, Pootie Pie. Uh, I don't know. Pudding. Pudding. Yeah, pudding. pudding. Thank pudding. you. I don't know. Where- pudding. <laughs> pudding. She's like, no, my pudding's coming for yeah. me. And then Ivy, Ivy, oh my gosh, I said Ivy Queen. Ivy Queen, I mean, you're not wrong. Poison yeah. Ivy is like, he's not coming, like. Yeah. And then Poison Ivy is like actually the one that like breaks her out of it. Mm-hmm. Breaks her out of Arkham and like, um, but it just shows like she, like throughout the show, like you just see her going back and thinking of like these moments where he's like, I love you, like I take care of you, but it really in her mind, it was, that's not actually what he was saying. He was saying like, I love you to Batman or something. He didn't say I love you, but uh-huh. something like along those lines where it's like it was all about Batman she and never would, about her. Like she would believe that it was for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she and it just and it just showed like her getting out of that and becoming her own person. Mm-hmm. But I feel like even Harley Quinn and the Joker are like definitely like people are like couple goals like they're so cute, yeah. you know. But, and it's like that um, relationship is just like really toxic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like a good example because. Even, like, with my very limited knowledge on, like, the, the origins and everything, she changed her entire life for him. Mm-hmm. Like, she became, I don't know. Wasn't she a doctor or something? Yeah, she, she was, was a psychiatrist. She was a psychologist and everything. Like, she was, like, a prodigy. Like, she, was, she, she still is. I, yeah. Like she worked in the Arkham. She worked in Arkham and was, like, she was giving him therapy or seeing yeah. him. Yeah. Um, she was a doctor mm-hmm. to, like, help. Oh, to, like, rehabilitate yeah. Him. And then, okay. like, it so, kind of. She fell in love with him because she thought he cared of, like, he was, you know, he was like, let's do it together, like, you and I. And so she fell in love with him, and then she completely became this different person for him. Hi. Yeah. Granted, like, 
not so spoiler, but like mm-hmm. I feel like the show actually kind of changes that a little bit, which oh, I no, like yeah. about. Wait. So like now with like I think that as the times are changing and everything, I think that Marvel. No DC. DC. DC's like <laughs> moving into it. They're like, yeah, Harley's gonna have like this whole like happier, healthier relationship. But it's like they've had them like this for like the last mm-hmm. how long they've been around. But now they're deciding to change it, which is good. You know, good for Harley. I love Harley. She's great. But you know, she's great. Um. And I love the dynamic that she has with um, Ivy because I genuinely really like that dynamic. They're really cute together. They're great. Like, they help each other out in the best ways. I don't know if I want to spoil I don't think it's a spoiler. We're like... Um, season two has been out for a while. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they end up like, together. Oh, well, well, I'm here, here Yeah. Are they together? Yeah. Okay. So they're yeah, together and they off are. and on. And then it's because Harley can never really forget about the Joker. And Ivy's always, like, helping her. And she's like, you know... Um, like, I think Ivy ends up breaking it off, I think, for the final time. But I think they end up getting... I don't know. Um, because whenever the Joker comes back, Harley comes back. You know? Harley goes back to the Joker. And then Ivy's yeah. like, hey, come on, you know? But Ivy's really patient with her. Like, Ivy's always like, I'm always going to be here for you if he ever leaves you again. Like, if you want me to, like, mess him up, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> always, like, there for Harley. And I'm just like, oh, that's so cute. I always love when Poison Ivy shows, like, how powerful she is. Because she's, like, she... I think she calls herself, like, an eco-terrorist. Yeah. Or something, like... Because she's, like, I'm not a bad guy, like... But I kind of am because she hurts people that, like, harm, like, the environment. Yeah. And so she doesn't really use her powers a lot on everyone else. So when she does, I I love it. Because I feel like there's this one scene where Harley goes and is, like, I'm going to mess everything up here. And then, like, they actually kind of beat up harley quinn and then like poison ivy has to come and like kind of save the day and then just like beats almost everyone up and i'm i'm all for it i love it <laughs> like she like has like the power to control plants and everything cool it's so oh she's amazing anyway <laughs> wow um question yeah did we define uh domestic violence i don't think we did um so i just wanted to do that real quick so uh, domestic violence um it can also be called like domestic abuse or even like intimate partner violence. There's there's a few different names for it, um, but it's basically a pattern of behavior in any relationship that's used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be like a romantic partner, but it can also be like a child, like an apparent. Mm-hmm. It can also um, I, I was thinking like a like a younger child, but it can also be like an older child who is abusing like an older like an elderly parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes place in different ways, but like the main the main part of um that like we want to highlight is like the intimate relationship aspect um and that like pattern of like maintaining power and control over another person yeah um we really jumped over now yeah we're literally like here everything (laughs) yeah as y'all were like talking about your shows i was like oh wait maybe i should do this um so just wanted to throw that in there real quick um in case anyone was like confused or maybe want to know um but yeah thank you yeah because i know a lot of people get confused or like not confused but they primarily when they think of dv they think romantic yeah. relationships. They don't think mm-hmm. anything else. For sure. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Where have you seen it? I know Ash and I were on two shows. I think most recently, um, I was watching uh, the movie Palmer with my stepmom. Um, and it made me cry. I highly recommend watching it. It was so good. Um, it was a little bit triggering at some points because you do see um, some pretty like graphic DV. Um, so, trigger warning for anyone who's interested in checking it out. Um, but... 
yeah, my stepmom was like, we're going to watch this. And I was like, mm, I, I'm not a big movie person. Like anyone who knows me knows that like, I, I don't know the idea of like sitting down for two hours and like committing to like, Oh, I don't know. A whole movie is just not my vibe. But then like I get made fun of cause I really like TV shows and like those are longer. So that doesn't make sense, but I don't know. I was going to ask that. I was like, but would you like binge shows? Like- yes. hundred percent. So, so it doesn't make sense. Like I, I know it doesn't make sense, but I don't know. That's how I feel about it. But anyways, so she was like, no, no, no like you're really going to like it. Let's watch it. So I watched it with my stepmom um it it stars um like with justin timberlake so justin timberlake's like the main guy um and he uh was formerly incarcerated so he just gets out of prison when the movie starts i believe um and i don't think he has very much family so he goes and lives with his grandmother um and his grandmother's kind of like taking care of him and his grandma's like oh you need to get a job like so he's kind of like um like re-entering society like trying to like get back on his feet um but he's kind of like he he's like a guy that has like a tough like exterior like he wants to act like big and bad and you know like oh like don't tell me what to do grandma like type thing but like he has like a really uh like soft spot for his grandma like they have a really close relationship um and so his grandma lives next door uh to a woman and uh her child so uh, the woman um is seeing someone um who is um abusive in all of the different ways that we talked about um physically emotionally financially all the above um and as i mentioned some scenes in the movie do get a little graphic um but this person is also um abusive to her her son um and so like that gets a little graphic um but i do think the movie does a really great job um because uh her son is queer um and I, i really loved the representation and like as ashley was talking about earlier like um being within the lgbtq plus community subjects you to um violence like it makes you more vulnerable um too violent so the movie does like a a really i don't want to say a really great job but i thought it was really cool to see the representation on screen um because i like i didn't even know going into it and i was like whoa like i love this um and so uh her son he's little i want to say he's maybe like nine or ten like around there probably like third-ish grade um so he's queer um and so the mom, his mom uh, and her abusive partner uh, disappear from time to time and just l- totally leave the son like behind. And so the son grew up um, like basically being raised like whenever his mom would disappear um, with um, Justin Timberlake's grandmother. So like he like the little boy would just go next door to like the grandma that lived next door. Um, and she was so sweet and so nice. And like she would like give him a place to stay and like feed him and take him to school and, and all of those things. Um but unfortunately, um, the grandmother passes away. That, that's probably a big spoiler, yeah. so sorry, y'all. But the grandmother <laughs> passes away. Yeah. Um, and then um, the little boy's mom and partner take off again. So the little boy's left, but then the grandma passes away. So there's really no one anymore like to take care of him other than Justin Timberlake's character. So Justin Timberlake, like the tough guy in his <laughs> living in his grandma's house, um, is there and so the little boy comes over and he and he's like just chilling on the front porch yeah and justin timberlake's like oh what are you doing here (laughs) and he's like oh well you know like my mom left and Mm -hmm. so like i'm here Mm -hmm. and so justin timberlake at first is really like not having like like he takes care of the little boy but he's like not having it like the little boy like wants to play and like wants to play like with his barbies like with justin timberlake Mm -hmm. and you know he's like trying to be tough guy so he's like not having it i would not pay yeah no exactly um but i think that the movie um is it's really sweet um and like as you like walk through the movie it it really focuses on this little boy and like his experiences with like um his mom who's experiencing these Mm -hmm. forms of violence Mm -hmm. um and it hit close to home for me 
mm-hmm. because like these are things that like I like remembered watching this movie like wow um like having experienced similar things mm-hmm. so um and also like him navigating like his queer identity mm-hmm. right because like all of the kids yeah. at school are mean to him like they make fun of him and then yeah. like he comes home to tough guy Justin Timberlake and, mm-hmm. and Justin Timberlake you know he's like no like you have to like stand up for yourself yeah. so they they develop like a really cute relationship yeah. like Justin Timberlake becomes a softie and like really takes in this boy and there's like this one scene um where it's like Halloween and like all the kids are going to like dress up to go to school mm-hmm. and the little boy wants, he wants to be like a fairy or like a princess or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, it doesn't really, it's kind of like, are you sure you want to do that? Like, I'm not sure. Like if this is, you know, like the best idea, like what if the kids yeah. are mean to you? Mm-hmm. And then the little boy's like, no, like I, I want to be like a fairy. This is what I want. Yeah. I yeah. want to be, I want to have wings. Like I, I want to be cool. <laughs> I'm like, I want to wear my dress. Yeah. Um, and so they go to the Halloween store and like, mm-hmm. just in like buys it for him. And like, he, he dresses them all up like the little boy and like he sends them off to school. And I, I just love it. I love seeing that this little boy was able to find a figure in his life who was like an outlet mm-hmm. because I really related to that. I yeah. someone who had that outlet growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually like as the movie plays out, like the violence escalates to a point where um, the little boy is going to get taken away from his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Justin Timberlake, like big spoiler alert, um, mm-hmm. adopts the little boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like becomes his like legal guardian. So I just, I really loved the movie because I think it, it showed like a unique perspective of what it's like to be, one not only like the little kid in that situation like when it's happening like among parents mm-hmm. but also like what it's like to be that kid but then like those intersections that we were talking about mm-hmm. like a, a kid with that queer identity right who is like navigating his sexuality um overall just like navigating that life like right. his situation in his life because those are two big things sep- like separately mm-hmm. right like just being able to navigate like who am i like trying to figure yourself out is one huge thing in yeah. itself but then also trying to do that with an abusive with an abusive figure in your home mm-hmm. who's physically hurting your mom like having to like try to protect your mom and intervene like yeah. you see all of those things in the movie mm-hmm. um and i just i thought they did a really a really good job uh like tastefully like displaying mm-hmm. um what it looks like um mm-hmm. or what it can look like at least mm-hmm. i really loved it it made me cry oh yeah. my gosh i my stepmom and i we had like tissues and like popcorn <laughs> uh, it, it was a lot but um i i really enjoyed it i'm mm-hmm. glad she made me watch it yeah I think that's a that sounds like a really cute movie, honestly. Like that sounds like adorable. And I know you brought it up when we like tried talking about what some shows that we've seen before that um showed um like domestic violence. And I think you talking more about it actually makes me want to watch the film and everything. Because I just like dynamics like that, like where you have like a like a actual supportive protective figure in your life. And it's like especially how like the the child was navigating not only their own identity and sexuality, but also navigating their life through um this trauma you know and i also want to bring up like what are some traits we don't see in movies about dv or about surrounding topics like that like do you have any like what don't we see because i know that there's a lot that we do see and what we don't see i feel like something we don't see but i feel like it's kind of talked about like in the media um like is like not believing someone like being like no or then being like are you sure like not them like they wouldn't do that they're such a nice person like in i I think that's the way you approach that if someone tells you like hey like they hit me absolutely not and then someone's like really like i would never have thought that he would have done that or i never thought like she seems so nice like or it's like oh are you sure mm -hmm. like sure they hit you like or maybe they just accidentally like you know or something Mm -hmm. like that or 
here's mm-hmm. i'm sorry i just thought of this right now or like did you do something to provoke them mm, yeah. what did you do what did you do mm-hmm. yeah blame me. that is a really big question because that's not what they're like so you must have done something to make them really mad because that's not their personality yeah right? they would never do that so what mm-hmm. did you do to make them do that yeah type of thing yeah no i really resonate with that um i think before i've mentioned on the podcast i feel like last evening i talked about like my personal experiences with domestic violence um but i grew up in a household um where my stepfather was abusive and um i really resonate with this because like he is like a community like figure almost like he was the coach of like the little league the local little league team you know um he started coaching kids from like the age of like four and like had like his baseball teams like you know all the way up to like where my brother is now, like my brother is in middle school and like he still coaches to this day. So, you know, like he's like this person who's good with kids and like teaches them sports. And then like he eventually like became like a coach at like the local high school and like everyone loved him. Like, and I just feel like that's a trait for abusers. Honestly, I feel like they're typically like charismatic. They're, they're very good because also (laughs) I'm, I'm venting now, but there's like, I think this misconception of like when people are abusive, it's like an outburst that it's like, I'm so angry that I'm going to do this. But I think it's the opposite. And I don't know if y'all agree with me, but I think it's a lot more calculated than that because people kind of think it's like, oh, like I just can't control my emotions. But I think it's the exact opposite. You know exactly what you're doing because there were situations growing up, right, where we were at the Little League games and my stepdad would give us a look. And we would know that when we got home, like shit was going to hit the fan. And it, it was just the, like the simplest things. Right. So he would give us the look, but like also simultaneously, like laughing and joking with like the parents of the little league kids. Right. So it's like, he's so charismatic, but behind the scenes, like he knew what he was doing. So I just think that it's a lot more calculated than people think, but also like whenever, you know, I was, I started finally speaking up about my experiences when I was about 15 um, is when I started like telling people what was going on because I just got to a point where I was also like the oldest sibling. So it was like my job, or at least I felt it was my job to like protect my mom, intervene, protect my siblings who were a lot younger than me. Um, I, I really took that like duty upon myself. And so I finally started to speak up about my experiences around 15 years old. Um, and when I did, like I got those kinds of questions that you were mentioning, Ashley, like, oh, well, like, not him. Like, he mm-hmm. like he would never do that. Like, like right? Like, he, he's so good. He's so good with kids. Yeah. Like, why? Like, perfect dad. Yeah, right. Like, a great dad, you know, a community member. Like, he's so good with children. Like, he would never do that. And, you know, like, it's really disheartening as someone who finally, like, finds, like, the courage to speak up about what they're experiencing. And then you're like well, damn, like I experience this every day and you're going to sit here and tell me that I don't or question whether or not I actually do. Like, that's just so really disheartening as someone who, you know, does experience like this is real life. And and these are really harmful and scary things. And especially to be a kid, like especially to be a kid in that situation where you're trying to seek help and like adults in your life are asking you like if you're sure. Mm -hmm. So I I really resonated with that point. Um, But yeah, just I really do think that. it's a lot more about like that charismatic, right? Um, we talk about um, in trainings, Ashley and I host trainings, um, but like this like two-sided personality um, that abusers typically have. Um, and the one is like, you know, the the fun, the fun person, right? Like the fun person who's cool to be around, who's funny and makes you laugh and, you know, has a great smile. And is just like this all around great person, right? This persona, but then behind closed doors, it's entirely different and there's just like this two-sided personality where it's like who am I going to get today um and that was definitely what it was like for me growing up 
No, I definitely agree with you on the fact that I feel like it's definitely when they're in control because the code switching, it's it's ridiculous. Yes. Um, because my friend was in a relationship like this. Um, and then I think it was like our grad night. We were at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And I'm when I get mad, I get mad. Mm-hmm. And then he was he kept following us throughout the night. We literally had to call security. Um, he was not taking no for an answer that he wanted to give her a freaking necklace that he bought, like 20 bucks. I don't give, okay. I'm not saying the 20 bucks, like necklace isn't good, but it's just like in, in the context that it was, he was making it a really big deal. And then she was like, no, I don't want it. This like, please leave us alone. It was our grand night. We were seniors, um, throughout the entire night. And then it got to a point where I was like, you need to leave and you need to like go away. And then he's like, I don't know why you don't like me. Like huge outbursts, like crying like yelling at me keep in mind y'all i'm five one since six i think or i don't know taller than me um i i didn't care at the time i probably should have taken a little more care um but he was just yelling at me like i don't know you don't like me just like let me talk to her and i was like no you're not gonna do that and my friend um came over and he's like six three like he's a big guy he's like a pretty heavy set guy I swear to God, y'all, he literally was like yelling at me and like crying. The second my friend came over, he was like, hey, sorry, I just did that to show you like the little switch. I'm so sorry if that hurt anyone's ears. He just switched and was like, hey, um, I forgot um, the I forget his name. He said his name. Um, and then he was like, hey, like they're they're kind of wanting you over there. Like um, go check in because they want to make sure that everyone's checked in and we're all here. Like literally. And I literally grabbed my friend because, again, I'm five one. My friend's like six three, like really heavy set person. And I was like, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. Like you're staying here with me right now. Um, because I saw that he completely switched. Like he completely went from like yelling at me and telling me like why you don't like me. And then when he noticed that he wasn't leaving, again, he just switched back to like yelling at me um and tell me why we don't let him near my friend and stuff. So like I definitely agree with you that like they're definitely in control. hundred percent. For sure. They know exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. when they're doing it. Yeah. I think it goes back to like that manipulation. Mm-hmm. factor like they know exactly how to like manipulate people around them to get what it is that they want like to maintain that power and control over the person so but yeah that's a great example thanks for sharing that with us ashley no like you're welcome but i was like it just makes me so mad about it no it's like i can't even imagine what my friend was going through like all the time and she didn't tell us for a while um and i think like it's really important to bring that up too that like she didn't tell us for a while because he purposely isolated her from us and then to be honest, I thought she was like a bad friend because we'd be like, hey, you want to hang out? She's like, no, I'm just going to be with my boyfriend. And I'd be like, OK, like, well, we're here if you want us. Like, and then kind of be like, well, I guess she doesn't really want to hang out with us. Um, and it wasn't until like she's like, this is happening. And then we're like, OK, like, I'm really sorry. Like, we're here for you. Um, but it was just and I think it's just really important to know that, like, they isolate them from their friends or family members, mm-hmm. like yeah. everyone and make them think like that it's, they're at fault that they're the ones that are causing all this make it even harder for people to speak Mm -hmm. up about their experiences because one it's so hard to speak up about them because people don't believe you like we just talked about and then if someone in your life is like pulling you away from your family and your friends and like the closest people around you then it makes it like it it just adds like an extra layer of like how much harder it is to like seek that help because in that situation i'm sure you feel like oh well you know like i haven't seen them in so long like they're probably mad at me they don't want to talk to me like all of these extra things that just make it so much more difficult to finally speak up about like what it is that's going on and seek help no i feel like seeking help is like really hard because i feel like even when you do seek help because after that event like we 
we were mad at him obviously the next day because our graduation was like the next day i think and then we got told like hey you know like stop bringing it up by one of the teachers and i literally told like the teacher i was like he followed us all night we had to get security and you're telling me not to talk about it and she was like well you know you just worked really hard these past couple years like we don't want this to taint like your great day and i was like i literally gave her a look i was like excuse me like are you serious right now and then the thing is like he's still like and i come from a very small town i come to i come from a town like similar to merced where i still see people hanging out they know what happened like they're still friends and it's just so it's it's really irritating i can't even imagine what like my friend has to go through because she still lives in that town it's so oh i think that gives us a lot of heavy things yeah honestly um it is a lot, honestly, and I think it's great that we have the month in order to, not the, in order, but we have the month to discuss these types of topics to educate, you know, as, as an office as well, we have, like, have events, and I know that we always want to have the resources available to individuals that are in these situations and face a lot of um, the same traumas that, you know, we discussed or, you know, things that we didn't discuss. And I think with that, we could wrap it up. I think it is a heavy, you know, it is a heavy topic. It's a sensitive topic. It's something that we need to discuss as a community as well so we can address and find um, comfort for individuals. And overall, just so, like how you mentioned, Ashley, how like they still are like act like nothing happened mm-hmm. and they kind of brush it off like nothing. So I do want to thank the listeners for listening and for staying throughout the episode we do have events. Um, the reason I bring this up is because we did kind of end this on a very heavy note. Um, so I do want to give an event that we have our DVAM watch parties. And the last movie we're going to be watching is The Adams Family, which I think shows like a really healthy relationship. I think I can't think of another movie that shows healthy relationships as healthy as this one is. Because I feel like Morticia and Adams, like they really just show love to each other, like affection. They accept each other the way they are, like... I forget how the song goes, but like we're quirky and we're I mean, anyways, like they just really accept each other and they like I feel like it shows love and like healthy love how they have kids and they like all let their kids like do their own thing. Um, so I think we're going to be watching that movie. So I think it's like a really great way to like also end this um, just on a happy note that like, hey, um, healthy relationships are a thing we should still strive for. Um, and they exist. Mm-hmm. They exist. Do we have any final thoughts other than that, Ashley? Thank you so much. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, as Ashley said, like I know we ended on a heavier note today. Um, but I do think it's important that we talk about these things. Um, because I know that like I think people tend to shy away from the heavier topics sometimes because it's easier. And, and, I, and I totally get that. I, I really resonate with that, like not wanting to, you know, have these like heavy hearted conversations. But I, I think they're really important. Um, and I just thank you for like taking the time, you know, out of your life to sit here and listen to our experiences and what we think, you know, about or just our thoughts in general about domestic violence or uh, intimate partner violence. Um and I appreciate it as someone who's experienced these things. Um, I appreciate like the allyship that comes with this podcast. And I think that in itself is really cool. Um, and I hope that y'all continue uh, to listen um, because we do have some really awesome episodes in the future planned um, for all of you. So stay tuned for that. Um, and also, as Ashley mentioned, just just stay tuned for our different events that we have going on this month uh, for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. On the topic of um, our social media, 
where we are active, especially Instagram. Our handle is at UCM Care. That is um, at U-C-M-C-A-R-E. No spaces all together. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.